Welcome to the new Gold Thread World Series podcast. And then I fell again and I just had, I looked down and my hip was like severed and my, I had just blood coming down my whole leg. It was the most uncomfortable feeling and I was kind of far from an aid station. So all I had was the Kahlua. I was like, I think I might pass out. Like I have to, I'm going to drink this Kahlua. And it was the best Kahlua I've ever had. Hello friends, I'm your host Martin Gaffuri and once again you're joining me for another pre-race episode. Uh, leading up to the first ever stage on US soil, I'm going to fill you in on all the details about a legendary event, the Pikes Peak Marathon. However, I want to state it right off the bat, the race, part of the 2022 Golden Trail World Series, is actually Pikes Peak Ascent. But more on that later. First, the usual reminder of what the Golden Trail World Series is. Six stages during the season and a five-day stage race in Madeira Island for the final where the top 30 men and women in the overall ranking will compete for a piece of the 300k euro prize money. Pikes Peak Ascent will take place this weekend on September 17th in Manitou Springs and it will be followed by the last race of the season prior to the final, which will be the week after Flagstaff Sky Peaks in Flagstaff, Arizona on September 25th. As previously mentioned, the final will take place on Madeira Island from October 26th to October 30th, and it will crown the 2022 Golden Trail World Series male and female champions. Now, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, here is how it works. For each of the six stages of the series, as well as for the final, we will record two separate episodes. There's going to be the pre-race podcast where we set the scene, we discuss race details, athletes' insights. Uh, we essentially what to look for um, leading up to the race. And this is what we're doing right now for the Pike Speak pre-race episode. And in the post-race episode, uh, we'll analyze the race highlight, dive back into the race experience together with the male and female winner, as well as potentially some special guests. And this is for you, the opportunity to ask us any podcast-related question on social media to which we can answer. Now, picture this. About 30 athletes, 15 members of staff, all embarking on a two-weeks journey, including two races and a lot of adventures to be had while traveling from Manitou Springs, Colorado, down to Flagstaff, Arizona. You feeling me? You feeling me, people? Road trip! That's exactly what it is. And what does it mean for me? It means that I'm going to get to spend a lot of quality time with all these athletes, and I will probably be acting a little bit like a flat automatic vacuum cleaners. Just going to be collecting dirt all day long. So I got goodies to share with you for the last episode of the seasons before the final. But now a little bit about race day before we go into the weeds about the race details, as well as the specific uh, lineup for men and women's and explaining you a little bit what to expect. There's something that I want to tell you about, about some changes. The live coverage of the race won't be possible for Reception reasons. Essentially, there isn't enough network coverage to offer you a quality live video coverage experience. And we decided there was no point to try and offer something that was only half good. But we have a plan. Always have a plan. And we're going to deliver something that might even be more exciting. Uh, we'll film the race as it happens, put together a live uh, video recap, 
and it will comment this afterwards live together with athletes who have participated in a race and it will can they can give us uh, their insight uh, about what they've experienced only hours ago. So you have the good, the bad, and the ugly, even though being an all uphill race, really, the chances of crashes will be a bit slimmer. However, you know, Sarah Alonso will be part of the, that uh, lineup. So who knows? Uh, she really often delivers on that, on that field. Anyway, uh, the live re- recap will be broadcasted on Facebook and YouTube at a time we will communicate to you later on the Golden Trap World Series official social media channels. So just stay tuned and we'll also put the link in the show notes. All right, let's get into it. Pax Piquet ladies and gentlemen. Let's go into course profile and race all together. Um, it features 13.32 miles exactly or 21.4 kilometers. So slightly longer than a true half marathon. So you're probably thinking, really? Yeah, you're pointing this out for about mere 200 additional meters to what I shall respond. Yes, indeed. Because adding 200 meters uh, at the back end of a half marathon that finishes at 4,300 meters of elevation does make a difference. It will start downtown Manitou Springs, Colorado at 6,300 feet or 1,920 meters and climbs all the way up to the top of Pikes Peak to cover some 7,815 feet or 2,382 meters to get to the altitude of 1,215 feet or 4,300 meters. That's a lot of numbers, but I'm trying to make it fair for all of you from the Imperial and Matrix system. So even though this is a half marathon, there's five different aid stations between the start and the finish line as follow. The top of the W at 5K, No Names Creek at 7K, Bob's Road, 8.5K, Bar Camp, 12.2K, A-Frame, 16.4K, and Cirque, 19.2Ks. And then finish line at the top and you can get a donut. Yoo-hoo. The course records are extremely strong at two hours, one minute, and six seconds for the men established by the legendary Matt Carpenter back in 1993, one of the oldest mountain running records still standing. And he did it while running the full marathon and actually setting also the course record on the full marathon, which is absolutely insane when you think about it. And in a woman's in two hours, 24 minutes, and 58 seconds, uh, established in 2012 by Kim Dobson, local and a multiple winner. I think she's won it seven times. So this year, the fastest man and or woman breaking uh, either uh, of those course record will take home an additional $10,000 uh, in prize money. So the question is, can they pull it off? And if so, who can? So to answer you that question, let's jump into the men's presentations first, because I usually announce the female first, but my guest today is a female runner, so I don't want to end that episode with that little nugget, a good podcast. There's a really good interview coming up. So in the men's, let's drop a few names. We have Rémi Bonnet, Joe Gray, Francesco Pupi, Bart Predoyoski, Daniel Ozans, Riweda, Sam Hendry, Andy Walker, Darren Thomas, only to name a few. And uh, let's go into the weeds a little bit to give you my perception of what you can expect from all these athletes. Since there's this is an all uphill race, I must mention definitely Rémi Bonnet first. His recent unofficial world record in VK at the VK course in Fuji, Switzerland has created a lot of noise. And word out there that he even took the KOM from a certain Killian J. So why the like, Pikes Peak Ascent is nowhere near as steep 
As the VK, Remy certainly has, is in excellent climbing shape. And this, the news would probably had uh, been out by the time this podcast uh, is released. But he has this morning broken the official um, money to incline FKT by some 20 seconds. So it shows that he can handle the altitude as well. And uh, it's interesting because the previous owner of that course record uh, of that FKT, sorry, is Joe Gray, who will also be racing and therefore uh, will definitely be fighting for another win on the ascent. Now, his recent second place at Strandafjord and win at OCC have finally shined light on Manuel Merias. The man is an absolute animal. And I personally believe that thanks to his mountaineering adventures, altitude shouldn't be too much of an issue for him. However, where he excels in technical terrain and using his poles, well, these are two things that he won't be able to do uh, on that very runnable course uh, of Pikes Peak Ascent. So I expect him to be a little bit further back, uh, back of the lead group maybe early on, but potentially could surge. And uh, and uh, if he still has some, some gas, come back above that critical point, about above 3,500 meters of altitude or so. Now, if he has recovered well from his scouring world title, Roberto De Lorenzo from Switzerland has proven he could climb really well on past stages of the Golden Trail World Series, and I definitely expect him to be uh, part of the frontrunners. In American, Andy Walker has been doing really well in shorter races lately, and um, Darren Thomas, if he's recovered from his injury and is back in full shape, could also do really well and should uh, squeeze into the top 10 after he was the 2021 Golden Trail National Series winner in the Azores. Lastly, uh, from Spain, Danny Osens, he could do really, really well. He's showed us this year that he can compete uh, at the highest level in the mountain running world after taking eighth place at Cirzinal. All right, let's move on to the women's now. And uh, to me, it will be even harder to predict a winner with such diverse profiles, yet all world-class level athletes. All right, here are coming the names. Maud Matisse, Ninke Brinkman, Ali McLaughlin, Sophia Laukley, Sarah Alonso, Blondine Lirondel, Elise Ponce, Iris Pesce, Barley Kowalsik, Inville Karpeskin, and Danny Moreno. So, yeah, honestly, I've rarely been that eager to see uh, all these athletes go head-to-head in a race as much as this uh, women's field for the Pikes Peak Ascent. So, last year, the duel between Maud Matisse and Inke Brinkman really uh, happened and ended up at the Golden Trail World Series title for the Swiss runner Matisse, while Brinkman finished in a close second. But earlier this season, Inke came back with a vengeance and took the win ahead of Maud in Zegama. However, despite a few Achilles uh, issues that still might be bothering her, I haven't had the final update on, on that. I know that Mode has prepared really well for this race and she even did some home altitude acclimation uh, before coming here, which should really make a difference in the later stages of the race. Now, fresh of European marathon champs at the end of July, Ninke will have speed in her legs. There's absolutely no doubt about it. And surely on that runnable course, that will be a massive advantage. Now. The question that remains is, will she be able to handle the altitude? Now, Sarah Alonso, current overall leader in the Golden Trail World Series, she is definitely prepared to go uh, to the pain cave. I haven't had the chance to talk strategic with her yet, but I suspect a very strong start as per usual and uh, carrying on giving everything she has. Now, we'll see if that's the strategy, how the last part of the race above 3,500 meters will treat her. Now, we can't talk about Pikes Peak Ascent without talking about Kim Dobson. 
the 38 years old record holder of the race. She's won the ascent. Yeah, there we go. Seven times. And she definitely will know how to pace her effort perfectly. So definitely cannot rule her out for a top five finish. And personally, I would recommend uh, the the women's who don't really know how to pace themselves or are unsure about how to handle this course. Just, Just stick with her. And if you can, you probably have your like bring your your best best potential result. Now let's talk about two Americans like Sophia Laukley, who won Stronda Fjord, uh, leading the race from wire to wire, and she's been got a massive engine developed competing in cross country skiing, including a participation in the Olympic Games. Just to give you a bit of uh, an idea of the level of that of that athlete. Then come Ali McLaughlin, the ever so smiling runner originally uh, from Idaho, but she spent most of her childhood around the Manitou Springs. She's been having some very solid results recently, and she certainly won't shy away from her her competition. We saw her uh, led the OCC race recently, and uh, until she kind of ran out of gas around kilometer 35 and eventually finished sixth. Uh, But since this is an uphill half marathon, The winner of the Broken Arrow VK, record holder of the Manitou Incline, as well as uh, recently Mount Marathon, has proven that she can be lethal on climbs, no matter the altitude. And that's a big point. So only talking about running when portraying uh, Ali Mack would be missing out on many aspects of who she is as a person and what she does. So I feel like she would be the perfect guest for this pre-race episode. And here is, without further ado... A conversation I've had about dogs, flying, filmmaking, and a little bit of running too with Ali McLaughlin. All right, we're on. We are together with Ali Mac. Actually, I even didn't even know it was Ali McLaughlin and Alison McLaughlin. So I, I found out a lot of things about you, and I'm actually pretty excited to talk about all these topics. Most of them are actually non-running related because I feel like we focus on the running part for a lot of people who run, but there's just so much more to explore. And with you, there was a ton. <laughs> yes. So, okay. And, and I, I, I came across that that story that happened to you at Pike's Peak uh, when that was kind of your, your first big race. And it was actually similar to that. Like you went out hard in the lead and then eventually like... Uh, had a bit of a an issue coming down, like <laughs> kissed the ground a few times. <laughs> yes, I would love to tell that story. I'll make that one a little quicker. But um, that was my first marathon. I had only ran half marathons up to that point. And it was 2020, so the ascent got canceled. And I had been feeling good. And it was like, oh, I'm just going to, I'll try it. And um, and again, that's kind of what I did with uh, OCC. I had never ran that far. And uh, so it's fun to do a race because it just makes you run that far, basically. Um, so with the Pikes Week Marathon, though, I had never eaten during or, or like done gels. And so I was like, OK, I'll take one. But I think I'll be fine again because I never experienced <laughs> what it would be without it. But anyway, so I took one gel and I had a small bottle of Kahlua. Um, that was like a thing my friends and I used to do. Um, we'd run runs and then at the top of mountains, we'd take shots. <laughs> this is gold. And so my friend got me one like as a, just as something fun. And I was like, okay, I'm not taking this during the race, but I'll take it with me and I'll have it right at the finish. So I just like carried it with me and I had the gel going up. And then on the way down, 
I wasn't, I was kind of nervous about downhill back then. I enjoy it now, but I just thought I wasn't good at it. And um, so as soon as I made the turn to come down, I was like, like there, she's coming after me. So I just had to book it. I end up like falling really bad um, around tree line. And then I fell again and I just had, I looked down and my hip was like severed and my, I had just blood coming down my whole leg, which like kind of like gave me adrenaline, but also it was after like running on it for a few miles and then having nothing to eat all of a sudden, same thing like, um, bar camp, which is halfway down. So I had a quarter of the race left, just got like, I could have shut. <laughs> yes, I wanted to like go take a nap. It was the most uncomfortable feeling. And I was kind of far from an aid station. So all I had was the Kahlua. I was like, I think I might pass out. Like I have to, I'm going to drink this Kahlua. And it like, A, never tasted so good. Like it was the best Kahlua I've ever had. Um, probably just because I needed something. And then um, I claim like it saved my life. So Kahlua is like my little special drink now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and it got me through. And then once I made it, I had to walk a few miles and then I was able to pick it back up. But I ended up getting third after being in the lead for a really long time. Um, but yeah, the uh, the blood was pretty gnarly too. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, and then... I mean, I've got many, many other questions, but I feel like this is the the, the Pikes Peak Ascent this weekend. Uh, you're a local, you have the experience, and I'd like to to know a little bit about the race, what it means to you, because uh, you're saying, like, that's my home turf, I don't want to do well. Uh, uh, obviously, there's going to be a lot of locals, there's going to be a lot of foreigners as well. Um, so knowing that, are you going to play it differently? Are you... Like what's 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 Allie's gonna do on the starting line? Yeah, that's a that's a great question because um, I've been back and forth myself, and and actually I was talking to someone yesterday, and I was like, you know what, I need to make a decision because in Mount Marathon, I had a plan, I knew like exactly every step I was gonna take, and I was so calm, and I did it. And it was great. So I'm like, I can't get to the starting line just kind of like winging it. Wait, I mean, I've done that before, but I'm like, I kind of want to have at least two options. And if I then if like go for one and then I can adjust if needed, but I don't want to just like have no idea what I'm what my plan is. Um, so normally, normally um, I run it similar to OCC. I just like go out what feels good. And I do like to get away from everyone. Um However, I don't think that's going to happen this year. Um, definitely not. And so now I'm like kind of questioning whether to like purposely hold back and and save energy for the second half or kind of see what the top girls do and maybe try to hold on. I think I think they might be a little fast for me to even do that. So I don't want to like really go out with them and then. And then hurt. I, last year we went out pretty fast, and I remember the next two miles were just like kind of miserable. So I'm not doing that. But um, yeah, I may. Those are my options. I got to pick which one I'm gonna do. <laughs> that's that's fair enough. And again, like knowing that you can definitely use the altitude to your advantage. Yeah. So I'll say yes. A lot of people are like, oh, you know, like be careful, like because like altitude's gonna 
like you know how to run at 14, which actually I haven't trained that much up top. I used to, but I'm just, I've been gone a lot this year. So I haven't as much been up top. Um, But people are like, oh, that altitude will get them. And I'm like, if you go through the list, all of them have proved they can run at high elevation. I mean, maybe not 14, but where they can go up to at least 11 or 12, which you know, it's only like one or two more miles at 13 and then we peak out at 14. So, um, so I'm not like discounting any of these people at elevation. Um, yeah. (laughs) Okay, cool. No, I won't, I won't uh, call any name, but, uh, I have my personal opinion and we'll see on race day, but I feel like, um, for lack of a better word, like some of the ladies will be kicking a nut by the altitude. (laughs) Well, I'm no, I, I hope that's it. I'm just, um, that will be awesome. Um, yes, I do have, um, one for, well, I have lots of friends in the race, but, um, specifically Kim Dobson who has the record. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, she, she's from, um, Eagle here and we run together a few times a year and she's just one of my favorites. And so like, do I've, I actually haven't raced her on Pikes Peak. Um, the years I raced, she, was up to something else and then the year she raced I was like hurt or didn't live here and didn't come back and so um to have her nor so normally on like any other year I would have been so nervous and like kind of bummed like she was racing because like I she's really good and so it's yeah whatever but this year like it worked out I'm so glad like I feel so comforted that she's gonna be there because we've become better friends and we've talked a little and it's like just to have like a buddy in the race I used to not be like this I used to be very solo but um but um I'm stoked to have her there whether we run together or not I think we'll know each other are like there and we'll kind of work off each other one way or another. <laughs> mm. and, and, and for me, uh, saying I get a few like athletes here that are following the Golden Trail World Series and I've become really good friends with them and some have less experience than others. And I would definitely want to recommend to, if you don't know, just stay with her. Yeah. Because she knows the course. She knows, she knows how to pace herself the best possible way. So if you feel like you came here in shape, well, that that would be like instead of going into the unknown and that uh, with not knowing the course too well, not knowing how you can do at elevation, especially in the last third. Uh, instead of all these question marks, just 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 the safe train is is her. Go with someone smart. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Um, whether I'm reliable or not, I don't know. Um, but uh, that's kind of how I look at Kim. But I. I will say the one advantage I think we do have is whether it's an advantage or not is um, I used to like, like going into courses, not knowing everything about them. But, um, but after Mount Marathon, after like some other ones, I'm realizing uh, Broken Arrow, because this was my second year do, doing Broken Arrow. And it was just like, it's so comforting to know exactly what's coming up. And even though I have not ran up to the top this year, I've done it enough in the last few years or last like, gosh, eight years that like, I mean, there's still parts I like kind of forget like, oh, wait, like, oh, I guess that's like, I, I could not like tell, like tell you every piece of the course. But once I'm on it, it's like, I know where it levels out. I know where it gets steep again. And I think that's really helpful. So hopefully I'll, <laughs> I'll pay attention to that. Uh, transitioning even further away from running, even though that's probably a running partner at time, uh, you get a dog, Harley. 
Yeah. Oh, yes. She will be turning one year old on Saturday race day. So I'm super stoked about that. So another another reason to get up to up and, uh, and celebrate. Yeah. So I'm hoping that will kind of like, I mean, I it's going to motivate me a little. It's like, oh, gosh, she's waiting. I did spend about half my day, though, emailing race directors and people like I feel I felt really bad because I, I know a lot of them, but then I know they're super busy. But getting up to the top's a little there's like kind of things you got to go through if you want to get up top. And so I'm having I have a group. Um, I also do uh, film and content for the American Trail Running Association. While I will not be doing that on Saturday, I'll be racing. I'm still involved with um, that crew. And so I'm kind of like helping, like I got the passes for them to go up and stuff. But I also want them to take Harley with them. But Harley's not allowed in the shuttles. So I'm trying to like figure out all the ways that they're going to be able to get up there with her. Um, I think we got it figured out. But but it's not for sure. I have to I have to work on a few more details. <laughs> <laughs> Well, fingers crossed it, it works Thank out. Thank you. Yes. Because uh, that'll be good. And then, and then again, like, so Harley, which uh, then I kind of um, saw as well that you had an avatar, which is Harley from the movie um, Birds of Prey. So is is there a big link with, uh, with that? You know, I love how much research you've done and how that you know it's Birds of Prey because... Harley Quinn's obviously like in several movies in the comic, but the actual character she's named after is the one from Birds of Prey. And um, I, I've seen the movie only once. I kind of want to go watch it again soon. But um, I remember watching it for the first time and it just like kind of it really hit me like I was kind of going through that same thing of like breaking up and feeling independent. And I was like oh, Harley's rad. Like, I want to be her. <laughs> and, um, and then just all the action in the movie was so cool. So then I kind of, like, took on, like, for a, a few months, like, anytime I went to a party, I'd dress up as Harley Quinn and uh, really kind of had fun with that. We're going to have to have photos of that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yes, I mean, yes, I have a few. <laughs> They're not super intense, but um, I always did the pigtails, dyed my hair a little bit. Um made different shirts and stuff. Nice. Uh, yeah. And so then it was, and I had wanted a dog for a while. I had goldens growing up, but I lived in Nashville, had roommates. It was just like, and I was working a bunch. So was not conducive in getting a dog. And then when I moved back to Colorado, it was getting closer and closer. And finally there was one day it just like hit me. I was like, I'm ready. And then like, and I'm going to name her Harley. <laughs> like it just, it's, I woke up one morning and I actually texted some people I knew who had Goldens, and um, turns out uh, they were about to have puppies a few weeks later after I texted them. So, um, yeah, and then I never questioned her name again. It was Harley Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> and she is a Harley Quinn. She's a, she's a very sweet Golden, very sweet, but like but like any like any Golden, she has her wild side. And, um, and I, I like to call her Harley Quinn, but I say she doesn't have that much attitude, but um, so which is kind of nice, but she's still wild, so <laughs> it works. And, and it's it's good to see you inspired by Harley Quinn, but I feel like if it was the other way around, she would probably be inspired as well, like because 
like the amount of stuff you do just blows my mind. I'm like, well, we just clearly don't have the same amount of hours in the day because earlier in this podcast, you were talking about um, like that, like now you get more things to deal with and uh, less time in your day. And so sometimes if you have to choose between going to the gym or going for a run, you prefer going for a run. But then when it's not running or training, you skydive, you like ride dirt bikes you go shoot insane guns that (laughs) like okay so i was just curious like how do you fit all that in um seasons i will say um i don't get to do all of it all the time um which i didn't think would ever come a time that i didn't skydive every weekend um And it's definitely happening now, Um, but that's okay. It just makes the times I do do it more special. Um, And also like being here, like I don't do it as much in the winter and I also don't do it as much um, like when I'm traveling to run, Um, but kind of the spring and fall are my skydiving times. Um, And then like dirt biking, it's great traveling um, for races because Harley and I have a van now. And so we drive to a lot of the races that are drivable and I take the dirt bike with me and um my good friend Tate uh he has a dirt bike and he travels with us a lot or um he runs too he's injured now but like he does a lot of media coverage um so we have like him and I find the coolest places to dirt bike um because we're driving through cool places to get to places so um and I love dirt biking because you can run hard in the morning, get your workout in, and then you can still explore like so many beautiful places without wearing out your legs. And I always use that because like a lot of our runner friends, like they're all about like man-powered activities. And I was like, okay, yes, I, I agree. But hear me out. Like you can get to these places so much higher, faster, like less time, beautiful, and farther than your legs can take you. And like you're not wearing yourself out. You can still get your workout in and then still do cool things. So I loved your biking, love the like speed. I love to do it before a race. Cause you just get your, like, if you can just like fly on a dirt road, it just gets you like kind of pumped up. Um, yeah, so that's cool. And then the skydiving that came about because I was injured. Um, I, I had hip surgery in 2016 and Um, even when I was healed, I just wasn't in the mood to like get back to hard training and I was doing a lot of different things. And I went on a dirt bike trip to Moab and, uh, and then end up going skydive. It was my second time to skydive, um, just tandem. And, uh, the people who took us were also base jumpers. And so they were like, well, we're going to go base jumping after this. You want to come watch? And I did. And it was just the uh, most incredible thing ever so magical for lack of words and I was just like who what when where why how did you get into this and they're like well you should learn to skydive first and so um a few months later I actually was moving to Nashville but right when I got to Nashville I went to the drop zone and learned to skydive and to this day what is it um six years ago I have not base jumped yet um because I love skydiving so much and like base jumping kind of scares me some days. Some days I'm like, I'm going to go do it. And then and then it kind of scares me. So I haven't done it yet, but that's on the list hopefully one day. Um, but yeah, skydiving just was this like kind of sport that because I wasn't running, it was something to like put my energy. It was fun to be a beginner again. And now I'm like pretty proficient and I can travel and 
it's a, such a, a tight knit group that you go to drop zone anywhere in the U S and you know, someone, or, you know, someone who knows someone. So, um, it's just a fun time and they're, they're big partiers too. So that kind of like gave me life <laughs> at the time I needed it. So, yeah. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. And I, w- I would agree with that. Like as much as sometimes when you put ultra runners or trail runners, uh, at a party and it can really go haywire quickly. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's it's the one time or two times a season while it's not like a regular any weekend. You're like, yeah, you want to party? He's like, ah, actually, I got, a, I got a long run tomorrow. And <laughs> kind of, yes. It's not the same vibe. So I totally hear you on that. It's good not to be on the other side and be like, no, I'm not running. <laughs> totally. Yes. They, yes, they're, they're up to party anytime. And so, um, it, yeah, it, like I said, and I still like to do it. I'm a little more, I still like to skydive. I still like to party, but like, I'm definitely a different person than I was like three years ago. Um, but it's fun to be around those people who don't, aren't so focused. Cause it kind of lets your mind at ease too. It's like, Oh, running's not everything. Yeah. Yeah. No, hundred percent. And that, that like, and hearing trail running party and all these keywords, and it brings me back with Mount marathon, like that community oh, is yeah. insane. totally totally and and just to experience that like obviously i'd I'd love to do the run but like just just be there and and get it all in and did did you do the nude run i did not and actually i don't i don't know if it happened this year they said Uh, i mean we had a lot of fun but it was on a monday and so pretty much the town was all like getting back to the work week but i heard all the stories um we did there were a few parties and like it's so fun they have it's like 1130 at night and it looks like it's four in the afternoon and we're just like all wide awake. (laughs) Yeah, we could go all night. Um, But it was funny. I actually stayed in the Solomon house um, with all of them and they were, it was like the most fun group. Like I just felt like a little family. And so we were all standing out. I was like, yeah, almost midnight. And I think we were getting kind of tired and someone was like, Hey guys, cause we're kind of, we mingled for sure, but we became such a close knit group that we found we were like kind of like hanging out together at these parties and someone was like guys we could stay here keep drinking and talk to each other or we can go back to the house and talk to the same people and then start to go to bed <laughs> and i was like okay well we'll head back but um and uh yeah the rest of the, the alaskans were just like oh we're we're going all night <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah it's a good bunch it's a good bunch <laughs> totally um, a few like, uh, rapid fire questions that I put aside. Uh, some are completely random. Some are related to some stuff I've seen, read, or heard about you. So we'll see where it takes us. Ready? Okay. Yes. So it will be all your favorites, uh, favorite song. Oh gosh. Uh, right now, probably Lucky Charm by Keith Urban. Um, most inspirational um, because you are a video editor and filmmaker. Um, most, um, yeah, the, the the short video edit that moved you the most. Most. Oh wow! Um, probably okay. Uh, it's a it's called Weightless, and um, it's by or the it's a paraglider. His name is Jean Baptiste Chandelier. I think it is. Um, I feel so bad cause I should know the producer as a producer myself, but, um, weightless on YouTube, look it up. It's amazing. 
the thing you're dreaming about making a video documentary about or video edit about? Um, yeah, actually. Okay. Um, there it's been partially made before, but I want to do a female version. Um, it was base jumper versus runner. And it was Killian actually versus um, a wingsuiter. And they started in the same spot, ran up a mountain, and the base jumper got to jump off. And then they did have a finish line. So he had to like land and then run to the finish line. And then Killian had to come down. And so um, I have a base jumper, really good base jumper friend um, named Katie. And we've talked about it, but we haven't done it yet because we want to like make sure we have all the film crew there to do it with us. But yeah, I'd be the runner and she'd be the base jumper (laughs) and we'd race. I feel like I'm always like trying to do multiple roles, (laughs) but yes, I, I would be in that one and try to film. I would produce it, but might need some extra filmers. Cool. Um, again, doesn't have to be uh, running related. Your most epic adventure. Oh, uh, it is partially running related. Um, I ran the, um, Moab marathon last year and five or six of my base jumper friends, um, like, went to this uh, mile 13 on the course. And when I ran by, they base jumped off the cliff for me. (laughs) And that was just like the highest moment I've had in a long time. (laughs) Nice. It must be something, especially when you know those people. And I've read that story and apparently you kind of talk to each other like you... Woo-hoo! at yes, each other yeah, first exactly. so like, totally. is that you is that us yes boom and that's yeah that's that's pretty special but yeah i mean it was as i was running by like because base jumping is very dangerous and I, I i trust all of them but like sometimes it's fluke so like it did scare me as like if something happens and like i'm racing like that that would just be awful so um i think as the older i get the more i'm realizing like <laughs> oh it's not just all fun and games so i don't know if i'd have them do that again because like now i don't know if it's ever since becoming a dog mom i've become like motherly <laughs> or something but i'm a little more paranoid about things but i don't know when that happened i was just like all in about it, it was so much fun to see them um your favorite cocktail, whether you like a drink or do. Yes. Um, uh, white Russian, hands down. Uh, vodka, Ooh. Kahlua, milk. Yes. <laughs> Any relation to the dude? Or that's just like... No, I actually hadn't even seen the movie when Are you serious? That, but, um, <laughs> yes, everyone asked about it. But it was kind of the first... It was not my first drink, but it was kind of the drink that like got me into drinking <laughs> so yeah classic that's awesome yeah at the drop zone at the drop zone wow which is where we skydive nice i wasn't expecting that that's a good 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 answer I like that um you're doing a lot of crazy stuff uh and we've talked about uh, a fair amount of them um but yet you can't be fearless and so what's your biggest fear oh wow um i feel like i've I know I like have them, but then in the moment, um, it could be of spiders or, or anything. (laughs) Well, yeah, it like, it is more stuff like that. But, um, since we're on the role of base jumping, I'll just bring that up as much as I want to do it. Um, sometimes I'll be running and I'll just be like thinking about, you know, if I'm going to go do this, like I've thought about different courses or just going to the bridge in Idaho and I'll like, be on a run and be so deeply 
focus thinking about this and I'll, my mind will go to the point that I jump and, and I'll almost stumble when I'm running. It's happened more than once that I kind of like either slow down or trip up because I'm like, my mind is just so into this. And, uh, and so I'm really curious if I'll like, I think at the bridge I could do it, but like, I want to do it so bad, but then I'm like, Oh, is it worth it? Like I've had a few, they weren't super close friends, but like acquaintances die this year actually. And so that's really kind of like shooken me of like, Oh, maybe, maybe not. But, uh, but yeah, I think that's a fear that's like easily conquerable. So that's, I'm like, I'm like, it makes my stomach tie so much, but I'm like, Oh, if I do it, how good would that feel? (laughs) But it'd also be awful if something went wrong. So yeah. (laughs) Um, your, your biggest struggle in life could be past, present. I mean, I know I, I have tons of them, but um, trying to think the biggest. Okay, there's a lot of like personal ones, but well, I'm gonna keep go with the running angle. Um, I think it's years ago. It was injuries of just like not like I would be injured, but I would just not heal because I was just cross training and stuff, and I think. Um, not knowing how to like take care of my body correctly. Like, cause I was just like wanted to like, and I think a lot of us have that, but it was, it was, it was a huge struggle to like, like four years in college of dealing with stuff. And then, um, and it was when I graduated college, I started working for a radio station. It was like, once I got a job and like got, I really got into music and it was finding other hobbies so first it was music and working for iHeartRadio and then it was skydiving and stuff. And I realized having those, realizing there's more to life than just like being the best and trying to like pound yourself into the ground. Um, so that was a huge struggle that I, I feel like I've overcome. Um, but yeah. Hmm. Good, good. And yeah, I can certainly relate, not personally, but with stories that I've witnessed or heard or discussed um, like when you put yourself as a runner, uh, too much into it and that becomes your personality and who you are, uh, all of a sudden you get injured or you don't have the performance you had, then all of a sudden your beliefs are that you're not worthy and that can be really hard. Yeah. And even though like I was out most of the college years, I was still like part of the team and stuff. And, and so when it really hit was, um, when I moved back, I got into trail running and stuff, but then I had that, um, tore my hip labrum and had to have surgery and stuff. And, um, and I moved to Nashville, um, for radio and, but, and, but part of it, part of my excitement was moving to Nashville was like, I could kind of start this new identity, like everyone in Colorado and all my like running people just like knew me as a runner. And it was like, Ooh, I'm going to go like, I literally knew maybe like two or three people out there and, and I was going to do film and radio stuff and running wasn't even part of it. And so, yeah, I, I felt that totally of like wanting a new identity. And, um, so now I know like if I go through that again, yeah, there's other stuff to get into. Like right now I'm fully embracing like health and, and the running community. Cause I, and I love being in it, but I'm sure it won't be the last time that I, like have to disappear for a little while. Some if I'm injured, but, um, yes, that I think, I think a lot. And I, just to add to that, 
as much as as hard as it was, I'm so thankful now that I went through it at a younger age, like dealt with injuries because I know some people now in their mid thirties who are dealing with their first big injury. And oh my gosh, like I can't imagine how psychologically hard that is to have never like gone through something like that. And then all of a sudden have to like stop running and who knows, you know, it's always, you always think like you'll never be able to run again. And that's usually not the case, but that's where our mind goes. And and since I've dealt with it so many times now, when I have an injury, it's just like, okay, I'll just wait like five months and do something else for a while. And, um, and, and, and I'm like mentally okay about it, but, um, yeah, it's really hard to see some friends dealing with their first one. Cause yeah, it's, they haven't been through it before. So it's a lot harder. Yeah. It's, it's never, a, it's never a good, uh, a good thing to go through but again you can like if you look after yourself you surrounded yourself by your, the right people you come out of it stronger and experienced well um thanks a lot that was that was a lot to to go through and i really appreciated your time and everything you shared um with us that's a wrap for me okay Awesome. Thanks so much for yeah having me on and thinking of me. Uh, I can't wait to uh, meet you in person this weekend. Uh, should be a fun time. Well, that was definitely a longer episode than usual, but there was just so much to share with you all that it would have been a shame to leave any of these good parts out. But now, that's a wrap. And as I mentioned, there won't be any live coverage, but there will be a live TV show recap of the race to bring you in what took place behind the curtains, as well as feedback from a few athletes to get their perspective on how their day went. So as per usual, get involved on YouTube, on the Golden Trail World Series page, um, on Facebook, same Golden Trail Series page, uh, directly on the Golden Trail World Series uh, website at goldentrailseries.com. And if you want additional updates straight from the field, make sure you follow the Golden Trail World Series Instagram account at Golden Trail Series. And remember to look out for the post-race episode about the Pikes Peak Ascent, where I can guarantee you there will be plenty of details that won't be shared in the TV show. Thank you so much for joining me today on this episode of the Golden Trail World Series podcast. And if you've enjoyed this episode, you can like, subscribe, and leave and up to five-star review to the Gold Trail Series podcast. And also, tell your friends about it. You can also leave us a comment on social media if you have specific requests or topics you would like to see discussed during the show. I'm your host, Martin Gaffuri, and until next time, see ya!